ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Just before Christmas, journalist Antoinette Latouf was filling in on ABC Radio in Sydney when three days into a five-day contract, she was told, don't come back. The presenter had posted a Human Rights Watch report on Instagram, alleging Israel was using starvation as a method of war in Gaza. The ABC says she failed to comply with directions not to post about controversial matters. She's now accusing the ABC of unlawful dismissal. So, what happens when social media collides with the workplace? I'm Sam Hawley on Gadigal Land in Sydney. This is ABC News Daily. Many of us may never have heard of Antoinette Latouf until a few weeks ago, but the coverage she's received since her removal from the ABC has just been huge. You know, it's made headlines, of course, here. It's been on the ABC itself, of course, and even around the world. It's a news story. To a story which is making headlines in Australia and also around the world after the broadcaster Antoinette Latouf was sacked by the ABC network for reposting a Human Rights Watch report about Gaza. It's a high-profile dismissal that's put a spotlight on objectivity and what journalists can and can't say on social media. Professor Adrian Stone, you're at the law school at Melbourne University and you've looked a lot at free speech, so... You're pretty well placed to try and unpack this really complicated topic for us. Why do you think it's captured so much attention? Well, in part, surely the reason is that there's just massive and really quite febrile public interest in the terrible war in Israel and Gaza. Mm. But I think also it is pointing out a remarkable fact of modern life, which is that we can now all communicate en masse, even though we're private citizens. And so thoughts and opinions that we might previously have expressed only to our colleagues and friends can now be telegraphed to the whole world. And I think that produces some tensions. For those who haven't been following it, it does relate to a five-day assignment on ABC Radio in Sydney, and that ended two days early. Antoinette Latouf, she's claiming unlawful dismissal by the ABC at the Fair Work Commission. I'm willing and prepared to fight for as long as it takes. And this is such an important case because it's not just about me, it's about free speech. And crucially, it's also about a fair, independent and robust ABC. And I love the ABC. But the ABC Managing Director, David Anderson, rejects any claim that management was influenced by external pressures and that was why she was removed from the position. It's a really, really difficult problem with and it throws up some really big questions. All right, well let's look to some of those big questions. And that is I guess the sensitivities over the Israel Gaza war and what employees of well-known organizations, not just the ABC of course, can and can't say in a private capacity 
on social media platforms like Instagram, as you mentioned, people can have a very big audience on those sort of platforms now. Anybody. I think that's right. And this arises, of course, not just in relation to the Israel-Gaza war, but any kind of highly controversial public issue. And I think the questions it throws up and the problems it raises are really especially acute for organisations like the ABC, but also like the institution I work for, a university, because these are institutions that provide forums through which public debate is conducted. And so it's really important for them to in order to ensure that they perform their social role, that they're both trusted sources of information and that they can at the same time provide a forum where there's a really diverse and robust airings of all sides of a debate. That's why I think that these institutions need to show some restraint in the way they participate in these debates. In relation to universities, for example, I think universities should not be taking themselves stands on difficult public issues. And that's not just something like Israel and Gaza, but even something that we saw more recently in our public debate, like The Voice. In fact, my view is that instead what they should be doing is ensure that there's the maximum possible freedom within the institution for all points of view to be aired. And in relation to media organisations, I can understand that they really want to ensure that the institution itself is not seen to be taking a side in such debates. The National Medical Watchdog, APRA, it's also been looking at social media posts of dozens of doctors. So it's in other sectors too that there's concern, I suppose, with what staff members are posting on social media. I think the issue does take on a different complexion in different contexts. So, for example, medical practitioners are subject to professional obligations, but they're quite different, for example, to those under which journalists operate. So I think it would be much more unusual for medical practitioners' social media posts on a political issue to be raised in this context. But it's not inconceivable that they might be relevant. And I'm not commenting on any particular case, but, for example, a doctor who's through their social media expressed, for example, very racist views might be thought to be unable to engage in good medical practice. So there might be some circumstances where it arises. But if we stand back, what I really think we need to see is there's a common thread. Statements that in the past might have been made to a small group of family, friends or colleagues are suddenly public and highly controversial views that we once kept to ourselves become well known. And there's a question, therefore, whether that affects the way we perform our professional duties and whether it might possibly undermine the institutions for which we work. Let's just unpack, Adrian, this a bit more because it seems like social media has brought about a sort of clash between free speech and the workplace. Social media is sort of in the middle and we don't know what to do with it. It's a really, it's a, it's a contemporary problem and a difficult one. I think it's really important to see, though, that I don't think we should treat all workplaces the same. As I've already said... I think the problem is most acute where an institution itself needs to maintain a stance of independence. The ABC is one, universities are another, 
But there are others as well. I mean, consider the position of public servants. It is really important to the proper functioning of our system of government that the public service is seen to be independent and that it's able to provide frank and fearless advice to government. And for that reason, there are limits on what Commonwealth public servants, for instance, can say privately on social media and even anonymously on social media. And these have been considered and upheld uh, by the High Court of Australia and ultimately because the High Court accepted that there was a really strong interest in assuring that we had an appropriately independent and trusted public service. So a personal social media post by an employee, perhaps who works in the public service, could be detrimental to the place where they work. But then there's that issue of free speech that comes back into it. As the Cabinet Minister Ed Husick has pointed out, freedom of expression is vital for democracy and don't we all have a right to express how we feel? People shouldn't feel like if they express their views that in some way, shape or form, that there's some sort of, if it's been peaceful and if it conforms to what we think is acceptable in a democratic country, they shouldn't feel like their their jobs are on the line uh, as a result of it. Yeah, and in fact, in my view, you know, journalists and academics have especially important rights of freedom of expression because it's through journalism, for example, that we can be sure that our government or that we can best be reassured that our government is being held properly to account and that we are seeking out what really is happening in, our, in the way we're governed and in public affairs. And it's through research in universities that we are really able to understand all kinds of things about the world around us. So journalists and academics, really important truth seekers in our society, and therefore we want to maximise their freedom of expression without undermining the institutions for which they work. So how do we do that? Well, I think it's really important that these institutions have a strong and robust approach to ensuring their independence. Let me just reiterate, I think they ought to be taking care to maximise their institutional neutrality, to not take sides in public debates wherever they can possibly avoid doing so. And secondly, in relation to those who work for such organisations, I think limitations on freedom of expression need to be rare and to the extent there are such restrictions, they should be as limited as possible and as clear to the employees as possible. One of the worries that I have about the current code of conducts that govern public servants, certainly in the Commonwealth level at least, is they're actually expressed in very vague terms so that it's unclear exactly when it is that you might be stepping over the line. The last thing I would say is I think that this is best managed proactively. It is highly undesirable for decisions to be made in the context of particular controversies because there the action is likely to be affected or at least to be seen to be affected by the context and action taken against an employee can be seen as really related to the content of the public commentary rather than driven by proper institutional concerns. So I think all of our institutions need to be getting out in front of this problem and considering how they can maximise their institutional neutrality, maximise employee freedom of speech and make any rare and limited limitations very clear ahead of time. Mm, 
there's so many taboo issues, isn't there, that can land you in trouble? Transgender rights, gender roles, criticism of religion. So is it just better that employees don't speak publicly about any sort of hot-button issues? And there's so many of them. No, I don't think so. Right. I think it's really important that we be citizens as well as employees Mm -hmm. and that it's really important that we have a citizenry that can engage in public discussion or all kinds of things, including really uh, controversial ones. I just think we need now to be aware that there might be tensions and consider think before you tweet, consider before you tweet how they are best managed and understand what what is required of your institutional or professional role. On the Israel-Gaza war then, for instance, how much do you think journalists and academics for that matter should be able to say in a private capacity? Well, look, can I just say that the details in relation to any organisation and its employees are very complex and will vary from context to context. But one really important part of this equation that we haven't really talked about is the importance of journalists, but equally academics, equally public servants, having a strong internalised ethics that relates to their profession so that it is really desirable that journalists to have their own strong sense of their independence and should be acting themselves to maintain it, it's always much less desirable if those ethics are imposed from the outside rather than generated from the inside. It's really important that that institutions that rely upon public trust really think carefully about how they maintain that public trust because trust is a really critical commodity in a democracy and not to give in to pressure to take stances that are not necessary for them to take. Adrian Stone is a professor of law at Melbourne University. This episode was produced by Bridget Fitzgerald. Audio production by Sam Dunn. Our supervising producer is David Cody. I'm Sam Hawley. To get in touch with the team, please email us on ABC News Daily at abc.net.au. Thanks for listening.